Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate it as always. This week, another great guest. I am interviewing DC Glenn. Now, he is one of two members of the hip-hop group Tag Team. Him, DC the Brain Supreme, and Steve Gibson, Steve Rowland. They're most famous, I think, for their 80s hit, Whoop, There It Is. I think almost everyone has heard this song. Um, if you haven't or you don't think you have, go, ch- go check it out. Type it into YouTube. Um, but I really think that whether you've been to a sporting event that they play it to get people hyped up, you've been to a club that they play it to get people hyped up, but it's just a great hype song. We're going to talk about what made it so big and what tr- made it transcend you know, a, lot of, a lot of different uh, neighborhoods, a lot of different cultures, but really it's just a song about having fun. It's a clean song, and uh, it really just kind of took a life of its own. We're going to talk a lot about that, how he... You know, grew up in music and uh, became who he is. But we're going to talk a lot deeper than that. You know, this is not going to be a podcast where we just highlight his career and uh, and go from there. He's got a lot to offer and a lot of things that uh, he wants to talk about. A lot of inspirational things. So just a, a real treat. The reason that I you know decided to to get in touch with him is I think uh, uh, something that we all um saw very recently in last year's super bowl he was in a a very very big commercial called scoop there it is it was a a geico commercial kind of playing off of the whoop there it is i if you hadn't seen the uh see hadn't heard the song i'm sure that you've seen the commercial it kind of took uh took the world by storm really great commercial funny it's it, it plays on that nostalgia that everyone really really uh, loves so without further ado here is dc glenn i think you're really going to enjoy this one he's got a lot to offer well beyond music so take it away i am here today with dc glenn mr glenn how are you i'm doing wonderful how are you doing this evening i'm doing well thanks so much for joining me i really appreciate it mm-hmm. yeah so I have looked at several of your other interviews. You've you've done quite a few here recently, and you've mentioned several times that almost every day you get up at four a.m. So it's a long way from four a.m. right now. I don't know if it's if you're ending your day or or still got a lot going on, but you're a busy guy. I just I think you know most of my life I've been a vampire, right? I've got you know I get up at nine o'clock or ten o'clock. But then I go to bed, you know, because I was been a DJ for 30 years. So I go to bed at four or five, six o'clock in the morning. And once I retired from DJing, I'm telling you, DJing was a fountain of youth for me. And I didn't want to be a 50 year old DJ. But as soon as I turn, as soon as I um, retired from DJing, I turned into an old dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just... Like everything switched. I started getting up a little bit. You know, it, it was gradual. But now. I love getting up that early because most of the stuff I need to get done is done by nine o'clock. And then I get to do a whole nother slew of things where the real world opens up. Right. And, you know, I just, I just love to work. 
everybody's like, you got to find balance. You got to do this. Like, no, I don't. Cause I've done everything that I want to do. So for me, it's about doing life is about doing the things that make you happy and doing the things that you want to do. And I love getting up at the crack of dawn and working, putting in the work. I'm an actor. I'm a voice artist, right? I do SEO. I do all these things. You can't just wish yourself to know these things. You got to put in work. And the earlier you get up, the closer you are to your goal of a mastery. And if you're not thinking that way, then you're going to always be telling me, you got to find balance in your life. Because <laughs> it's just, that's not what balance is, right? Balance is, you know, tied to, are you doing the things that make you happy? Are you doing the things to serve others? Are you being a good person? That's that's balance for me. Not do, you need, you need a woman. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, that's the last thing I need, right? I've, I've had a lifetime full of women, okay? And, and, you know, not in that sense, but I just, I've got what I need. I'm happy. And I have goals. And because of this pandemic, it has opened up more avenues and more, more dreams and things that I want in life um, that I could have just never thought of, like because of Geico, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not saying Geico is the reason that I'm thinking like this, but this whole Geico experience forced me to say, hey, are you going to just be happy you got a Geico commercial or are you going to get the most? and squeeze every drop of juice out of this opportunity, right? Wow. And I chose the latter. And, you know, we're in a pandemic and it just, things have been happening. People have been turning me down, telling me I can't do things. And every time somebody tells me I can't do something, I end up doing it and they have to watch me. Mm. And that's the satisfaction, right? So, so, I mean, there's just so many twists and turns in life and so many twists and turns in my life that... I just don't, I don't heed to anything. I listen to people, of course, but I have to make my own way because I'm a very smart person and I will figure it out. So, right, like just since the pandemic, I've realized that, well, in life, we all have things that we beat ourselves up over, right? Missed opportunities, mistakes, uh, things we wish we hadn't done. And I realized you can correct all that stuff. And all the things I used to beat myself up over, I'm now doing, right? I'm an actor. I'm a voice artist. I thought I would never learn SEO. Now I'm an SEO specialist. I thought, I thought, you know, we we always going to be tag team. Tag team's giving me a forever hit record. We'll always do shows. We'll always do this. But, you know, I couldn't have foreseen that Geico would come along after I already had success in acting and commercials and all that because of the work I put in. So, Geico was like a cherry on top. And because I was prepared and went to all those classes, because I've only been acting since I was two, since 2017, I was in class every single day, sometimes two, three times a day, because that's how bad I wanted it. And I did that all the way to the pandemic. And 2020 was one of the greatest years of my life. I shot two movies. I got three TV shows, uh, tons of voiceover. And then here comes Geico at the end of the year. I mean, there are a million actors out there who will never achieve that, what I achieved in one year. They'll quit before they get to that point. And I'm never quitting. I don't quit. When I start something, I finish it. And I might not 
gain the mastery that I want from it. But all these things are tools that you, you know, you accrue over your lifetime and they serve their purpose and they serve you. And there's just, you're ne it's never too late. Never. You know, I said, I wanted to start making music again. Well, got to learn how to use uh, technology because <laughs> creatively I'm, I'm, I'm more creative than I've ever been. But now I've got five tutors for all kinds of things, music theory, music production, learning how to use all the stuff that the kids use. I, I've been trained every single week. I've trained more this year, just, just now, you know, that's why I get up at four o'clock because there's things I have to do because now I'm training. Um, I'm doing these podcasts and, you know, podcasts serve kind of a triple, you know, it serves so many purposes for me doing podcasts and interviews because one, if you look up DC Glenn, it's page after page after page after page of stuff about DC Glenn, which is podcast after podcast after interview after this, which is this in the last six months, right? So now if I drop dcglenn.com, everything is aggregated. Now I have a powerful website that I can impose my will and I can get in front of the world and let them know what I do. I'm saying a lot of positive stuff and inspiring a lot of people. I better live by what I say. So this holds me accountable and I live my life. It's like my blueprint for my life now because I get to talk about it every day. I get to say, this is what I've done. This is what I'm doing. This is what I plan to do. This is what I think I can do. This is what I want to do. And I know it's far-fetched, but maybe. And I was talking about being in the Star Wars universe six months ago and say, hey, John Favreau and Dave Leone, I want to be in the Mandalorian. I want to be in the Star Wars universe. And now, last week, I just signed one of the, with one of the biggest voiceover agencies in the country. And that is where I'm headed. Right. Just because I, I, I didn't expect anything of that. I don't throw things out there just to, you know, get it back. I throw it out there because that's how you manifest. Right. You can't expect anything back when you do that. If you expect something back, you're going to always be disappointed. Always. And then that makes you quit. Then that makes you weak. That wears you down. And then you become old and bitter. <laughs> and I'm not going to be that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. not. I'm not. <laughs> Couldn't imagine that. Yeah. And I, I absolutely want to get into what you're doing now and, oh, yeah, definitely. and the, the Geico um, commercial, because I, I think that's that's kind of what the, the whole resurgence came from. But let's kind of just t take it back, uh, I guess, to the, the beginning, you growing up. Tell, tell us just a little bit about growing up and uh, how uh, Cecil Glenn and, and Steve Gibson uh, started, started tag team. I was born in Chicago. Uh, we moved to Denver, Colorado when I was four. I had a wonderful childhood. And me and Steve met in high school. And we hit it off really well. Um, then I started DJing. And I was in their band. And I was singing in the choir. So my musical uh, influences started. Well, my musical, the whole music side of me really kicked in around 10th, 11th grade. And that's the beginning of hip hop. So I'm a DJ, you know, I'm, I'm in a band and I'm, I sing in the choir. So I'm just well-rounded when it comes to music. And, you know, out of, out of high school, I go to Sac State University in California and I continue on and hone my skills as a DJ. Now I'm doing all the frat parties. I'm doing clubs. Um, I'm writing lyrics in class when I should be studying because I love to rap and I love the part. I love the, uh, the process of writing and Steve continued on in Denver, then he moved to Atlanta, 
then I moved to Atlanta and supposed to work at CNN and end up working at an adult entertainment club as a DJ because I was such a good DJ and made more money than I could have ever imagined, right? Because all those places do is just make money. <laughs> so, and it served me well because that is where, you know, that is where we made our bones as far as me getting to play my own songs in front of people, knowing what I need to do, how I need to do it. And that's what inspired us to do Whoop There It Is because we knew we were in a different region. We were in the Southeast and we weren't in New York and we weren't in LA. And back then that's where you had to be in hip hop. And we had to buck the system. So we made an up-tempo record called Whoop There It Is. It wasn't a rocket science project or a Manhattan project. It was a song about everybody partying on a Friday and Saturday night, right? It was that simple. It was just a song. And I mean, we signed, you know, I, I was trying to work the record. I knew I had a big record um, after we played it and made it. And everybody was giving me the runaround, all the big record companies, because they were from New York and they were from LA. And then this gentleman named Al Bell, I gave him a call, almost gave up. Like he was my last chance. I gave him a call. He called me back in about a week. And he was like, Mr. Glenn. I was like, who is this? Like, Al Bell. And I was like, hey, Mr. Bell, let me tell you something. I got a hit record. I've tested. I'm in the hottest clubs in the country. You need to sign us. <laughs> and he's like, okay. I was like, you haven't heard the record. And he's like, I don't have to hear the record, brother. I hear it in your spirit. Let's agree to agree. Get this thing going. <laughs> and that just blew me away. And then, you know, I gave my two weeks in Magic City. Signed a messed up record contract, and in a month and a half, we were platinum. Yeah, that's that's something, and I, I want to get into into a little bit of that too. But where, where did the name tag team come from? Just you know, you're talking about SEO earlier. That's a nightmare, you know, now to 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 try to grab tag team. But you've done it. I see that you've done it, which is amazing. But where did tag team come from? Tag team was just uh, the tag team crew, There's right? Because back then, you know. It's like the 80s and 80s. Yeah, it was, late, it was the early 80s. And in the 80s, man, wrestling was it, mm -hmm. right? So it was like the concept of tag team is, you know, you go in, you fight, you get a little tired, then you tag your partner and he comes in and he, he takes over. So, you know, we was just a crew of friends. It used to be three of us, but one went to the army and me and Steve stuck together. And that's we were the tag team crew because everything was such and such crew back then, the beginning of hip hop. But then, uh, you know, it was just tag team and it just stuck. And I mean, it is a testament because the reason that um, I got into SEO is because of tag team, because 2011, everybody thought Barack Obama was in our video, our music video. Gawker had written an article. So for a whole week. We did CNN, we did NBC, Stephen Colbert. We did, we did so much press. And at the end of that week, I had nothing to show for it. And I was upset about that. And the reason why is because people couldn't find us, right? They can't at, they're not, they're not gonna seek you out, but you have to be found. And this is the beginning of social media. And you know, that's like, this will never happen again. And, you know, I'm working in the clubs and I'm like, let me practice with the club. So I built the club's website, started SEO on the club stuff, and then got a little bit of success, but it was hard. 
that's probably one of the hardest things I ever had to do because it's a moving target as well. If Google comes with another update and you've been doing something that you shouldn't be doing, you're going to get penalized and then it's going to take you two years to get your site back right, you know, as opposed to just doing it right from the beginning. But, you know, I tell that that story because then you type in tag team, it's all wrestling. And you type in tag team today, it's all tag team. Absolutely. And I put in painstaking work. I had to learn how to do all that SEO. Then I had to learn how to build Wikipedia pages. I had to learn how to go back over all the articles that were done and correct those and maybe get a link from them, find the journalist. Like I did yeoman's work to get tag team to where it is now. Made sure my knowledge graph is straight. Made sure all these little things that you overlook, right? And I did it. And now I'm about to build dcglenn.com for acting and voiceover and all the other things I do. And because Woomp There It Is is such a powerful site now, it will be the fuel for dcglenn.com. And it just all works together. All these links, all these podcasts I'm doing every day go directly to tag team. And then they're going to come directly to DC. And then everybody will see me. And that's what it takes. And then tell them the things that I wish somebody had told me when I was a young man. Right. So that's why I talk like this. I know people are like, want to hear tour bus stories. You're never going to hear about that. <laughs> I don't talk about that because that's not what life is about, right? Life is about, you know, us achieving all of our goals. And I have been blessed with the ability to touch the world. I've done it with Wump. There it is. Got one of the biggest records in the history of recorded music. And then after it's all said and done, I'll have one of the biggest commercials ever mm. or most popular. Right. And I'm and I'm I know this because I get data from Nielsen and I spot TV. The pandemic, I could have sat back and been happy. I had a Geico commercial because usually when you have a Geico commercial, you go on tour. Right. But we're in a pandemic. Nobody's touring. Right. So I said, I'm going to take these lemons. I'm going to make me some lemonade. I'm going to have me a lemonade corporation. I'm going to franchise it and I'm going to sell it for a billion dollars. That's my mindset. And. I said, what can I, what can I do? Hey, let me get a publicist. Cause I'm still, I'm, 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 I'm acting. I'm doing voiceover. Let's, let's get a publicist and just keep it going. See what we can make out of this two days. I mean, I'm on this zoom call because when I get, when I hit a brick wall, right? Because what happened is try to get a publicist. Everybody's like, well, we don't know how to deal with something like this. We can't, you know, usually we go to New York or we do this or we're in a pandemic. Everybody's working from home. We don't really know how to work your project. Right. And I was like, OK, but I didn't give up. I was like, how can I do this? Whenever I get stuck, I join an organization, society or association because every there's organization for every pr profession out there. Right. And those organizations are filled with people who are professionals and love their profession. And they have been doing it 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And they are more than willing to tell you everything. They have all the resources. They know everything about everything in their field. That's why they have an association, society, or organization. And I joined the uh, Public Relations Society of America, PRSA, and jumped on a Zoom call two days later. And I ask a question because I've got all my stuff together. I'm like, I got a press release. I want to know if they're still valid because everybody's like, why are you doing a press release? Don't nobody do press releases no more. I was like, you're tripping. 
I said, nobody, do. I, I know better, right? But you're telling me because that's what happened to you. You just threw it out there. You didn't have no strategic plan. So I asked this big CEO of this firm because that was the guess. And it's like, well, what's it for? And I'm like, well, I'm featured in a Geico commercial called Scoop. There it is. And I'm looking at the chat and everybody's like, wait a minute, that can't, is that it? That's a great commercial. I love that commercial. Oh my God, my kids love that commercial. The whole chat blows up. The whole Zoom call blows up. And the moderator's like, we'd like to welcome DC to the society. We're going to talk about that Geico commercial after. But back to his question, are press releases relevant? And the CEO said yes, because the whole last year has been COVID. Everything's gloom and doom. And then here you guys come throwing sprinkles and eating ice cream and dancing and smiling and having a good time. And you have brought world to the you brought joy to the world right when the world needed it. Also, you need to do this and then you need to go to this site to get in front of the podcast, this site to get in front of the journalists, this site to get in front of the TV talk shows. Make sure your pitches are like this. Boom, da, boom, 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 boom. And she gave me the entire breadth of her knowledge in 10 minutes. And I have not looked back. And it has opened doors for me I could have never imagined or thought possible. And it is the reason why you and I are talking right now. Right. And that just goes to show you, you have to think different. You can't give up. Can't let anybody tell you you can't do anything. And you got to keep playing offense because you never know how it's going to come back to you. Right. And most people would have just given up. They would have been like, oh, I'm the bomb because I got a Geico commercial. I'm a star. No. Don't work like that. Nobody cares, right? They do care, but they don't care. You can't, you can't care. You know, I have to get everything I can out of this now. I don't even know how many podcasts I've got under my belt now. I don't know how many interviews I've gotten under my belt, but I know things are happening. You know what I mean? I know there's three things I want to talk to you about, and I can't because I'm under non-disclosure agreements. My future is bright, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I owe it a lot of it just the way I was brought up, two beautiful parents, and recently the pandemic. Because everybody had to ask themselves a question. What are you going to do? Everybody had to stop. And I said, I'm reinventing myself. I can't do this. I can't do that anymore. I can't do this, but I can do this. I reinvented myself in voiceover. And I went back to my old lessons and studied and studied and studied. And realized that it was so hard for me to do voiceover back then because I didn't know the language. And because I've been in acting classes and I didn't give up on voiceover, just it was hard. Now I have mastery over my voice and I'm booking. And one thing led to another. That's when I got a call from my coach in L.A. I got a movie for you. Can you get to Nebraska? Yes. Cool. Shot my second movie in August. Then shot a, a Christmas campaign for um, Publix for voiceover. Then got a Tyler Perry gig for House of Pain. Then here comes Geico, right? Then I got another t a TV show a uh, little bit after that. So now all the things I've ever wanted to do, the things I missed out, I thought I missed out on, the th mistakes I thought I made, they all have been corrected because I didn't give up. I played offense and I kept it moving. And that's the key. It's the key, man. Damn, and I just feel blessed to be able to sit here and talk to you about it and talk to your talk to your listeners because I practice what I preach and I'm living it. Yeah. I'm yeah. living it.
Yeah, and I, th- I think we're equally blessed to, to, to hear from you with all this, because I, I agree, I, I've not talked to really anyone who's, who's seen this, this commercial that doesn't just love it, it resonates with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So obviously, it's based off of, of the, your, your, your hit song. Um, mm-hmm. Why do you think when we're going back to that, why do you think that song resonated with so many people? Because I think it really did transcend, you know, that Atlanta club that it started in. And obviously it went, it went, mm. uh, it went huge, but it, it, it really it was a very, uh, it was a song that brought a lot of people together. It wasn't just a, it wasn't just a song for people who loved R and B. Um, it, it really was a, a, a song that transcended, I think a lot of different, uh, cultures, if you will. Cause it was, it was up tempo one. Mm. Then it's just a celebration song and it was clean. Right. Mm. And that was the age of gangster rap and everybody trying to be hard. And here we come with a clean record. You know, there was cuss words in it, but it wasn't like what the, the content of what we were talking about was what everybody does. It's what everybody has done when they were young. They party, they have fun. They're trying to find the girl they love. They're, they're doing all these things. And it's just so visceral that to have it in a party record, it just works. And that was the nineties. That's what it was, you know, the nineties were just fun. You know, just a fun time. It was a fun era. And I can't even tell you why, but I know that I knew I had a forever hit record when I'm sitting in a movie theater and I'm watching Will Ferrell dance on the table to my song and didn't even know, didn't even know it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be forever because this is a Christmas movie with him in it. And he's the hottest thing right now. Mm. And they're going to play this every year forever. But it was already being in commercials and every year is something, right? That just keeps it alive. And every year, you know, it's just something that keeps us having a royalty check, right? And, you know, we, we, you know, we didn't get what we were supposed to get, but nobody ever does. That's the music industry, okay? That's one thing. And I can tell you, every, I'm glad I wouldn't have changed. I wouldn't change anything because if it stopped right now, we started strong. And we ended strong. Hmm. I mean, this this uh, winter, that Geico commercial made a lot of people happy. And still, I mean, people are pissed that it's not even on anymore. But it might be back. <laughs> it might be back. And then we're doing all kinds, of, like last weekend, the weekend before last, I was grand uh, marshal for the Talladega 500, NASCAR, did a press release on that. Now my world's opened up even more. Every time I drop a press release, everything opens up because I know that a press release is a Trojan horse for me. So you have to have a good story. You have to have a great headline. So when people see it, they catch it, pull it, and then put it on their blogs or put it in their newscasts or put it, just put it out there. And now you got the whole world talking about what you've done this weekend. But what that does is open your world to more opportunity and everybody's like, DC, you can't do all these things. I said, I know I can't, but I sure enough can prepare for all of it. And that's what I do. I prepare for everything because you never know what's going to come back and bless you. You get one life, right? I get one life. I get to go sing a rap song and do a rap shows and I get to go have fun and stuff like that. But I've been doing that for years. I already did that, right? That is a task now. I still love it, but it's still a task. And a chore. What I do love is getting a fresh new audition because I know my way to my star movie role is through 
auditions. So if I got to do a thousand auditions to get there, give me more auditions so I can hurry up and get there. Right. See, that's that's the mindset. People get emotional if they don't get an audition. I've worked so hard for the audition and I didn't get it. Now they're wrecked and then they want to give up. I'm like, give me five more. However many I got to do, that's what I'm doing to get to where I want to be. Right. And that's the difference. You know, I don't want to do it just like they don't want to do it, but I do it anyway. Right. right. No, that's that's a, an awesome mindset to have. And you're doing so many different so many different things, just like you're you're mentioning. I always ask this question kind of when you know, I'm talking to someone who I guess has you know, something that made them them very famous. And then they've got all these other things, too. Um, and I think it's it's really a, a good a good question to ask you where how do you feel about people who, you know, kind of look at, at things as, you know, the, the reason why this commercial is so successful was because of the, the nostalgia behind it. You know, they remember mm. the emotion that they had when they first heard that song and now they hear this. So there's mm. nostalgia. Some people look at, you know, being, I guess, a nostalgic act or a nostalgic thing as a, a negative thing when, you know, I've, I've done all these other things and, just like in this conversation, you know, I've done all these other things. We're talking about, you know, I, I'm trying to talk about all this other stuff and people just want to talk to me about whoop. There it is all day long. How do you feel about, I guess, the nostalgia? Uh, do you, do you embrace that nostalgia that people have, or do you wish that it didn't, I guess, kind of hang over you? Ah, I embrace it. Right. Because it never ends up that way. People start off wanting to talk about whoop. There is, but once they hear me talk, I got them. They're like, wait a minute. This wasn't what I expected, but I'm listening. See, what I've done is I've learned the ability to take. There's a couple things. Let me go to the first. The first one is, whoop, there it is, is me. So everything I talk about, whoop, there it is, is the genesis, right? I'm not, I'm not savvy as a paralegal if it wasn't for whoop, there it is. Because that's what I became when I knew that I was going to have my day in court and we were in a 20-year lawsuit. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm not going to cry over spill milk. I'm going to be a paralegal. Cool. That, whoop, there it is, is the reason that I became a licensed commodities broker because I said no one will ever take advantage of my money again. And I became a licensed commodities broker and tried to start a hedge fund, but I knew it wasn't for me. Right? And whoop, there it is, is the reason that I became a marketer. And learned how to do a uh, uh, um, learned how to do a business plan and became immersed into self help and started running my life like a corporation. It was whoop there it is that did that whoop there it is is what made me say hey, I take full responsibility for my mistakes, and I'm not gonna cry about it. I'm gonna do something about it. So I'm gonna get shows. I'm gonna figure out how to get do my do voiceover. I'm gonna do other things that serve me well. That helped me get shows. It's my responsibility to get my own money. I'm a grown man. Whoop, there it is, did that for me, right? So when we talk about whoop, there it is, everything I say that comes out of my mouth, whoop, there it is, is the genesis of it, right? But the true magic is me learning these hard lessons and knowing what my weaknesses are. Like, I love to be wrong now, mm. right? Because being wrong... One is the path to being right, but two, being wrong, and you can admit it, it takes your ego and your pride and puts a bullet in both of their heads because 
it's no longer their ego and your pride is no longer relevant. Now, on the inside, you're dying. But if you're arguing with somebody and your ego and your pride is not in it, you're not really arguing with them. But they're arguing with you so hard that they keep going down rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole just so they can be right. No, that's that's awesome. I, I like to hear your perspective on all this. I think that's probably why, why well, not probably, that is why you've been so successful. You know, you, you kind of mentioned, you know, finding the the positive in things and 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 finding that perspective. Um, and, and you kind of touched on it just a little bit, but there definitely was, you know, times that that weren't as great. You know, you got to this heightened state with this awesome uh song but then you know all these there was some some legal issues with it what was it like what was it like to i guess to get to where you were and then the music industry kind of mess with it and have to to fight all of all of that battle it's life man my mother my mother prepared me well she prepared me well for life and she's like son it's just a part of life life is life you got to keep it moving see i worked in the clubs so i watched artists rise and fall I watched them rise and treat people bad and be stars and then fought when they fell. I watched the same people they treated bad, bad, just revel in their demise. Mm. And I vowed to never be that dude. So I was always even killed. I was never, I've never been a star. I am, I, you will never, people now still don't know who I am because of how I carry myself. I, I, I can, if I walk around without a mask, nobody's going to recognize me. And I'm on TV. I was, I'm on TV every day. I was on the TV every day for four months. And nobody recognizes me because of how I carry myself, right? Now, if I walked around with the stars and walked around with, you know, Gucci shoes and all kinds of stuff like that, then somebody's going to be like, who is he? Oh, that's, you know, you bring attention to yourself. I only bring attention to myself when I'm trying to get in a boardroom or when I'm trying to meet somebody I need to meet to make my life better, right? Then I'll use it. But other than that, I don't. So for me, there was no, like, I, I do not like the narrative, but I understand why people think it. But I do not like the narrative of we're back in the limelight and we're back, we're mm -hmm. back again and we're this and we're that and the story of comeback and the story of resurgence. And that's how the NASCAR, you know, I, when I did the NASCAR press release, I'll, I'll dictate the press release, right? And then I'll send it to my writers. And then they'll write and then I'll go over it. And then they're about 90%. But the lady I got to write it, she was just like, they're back in the limelight. And now with the Geico commercial, this and this and that. And now they're NASCAR and they've come from, they're having a resurgence and boom, boom, boom. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's not what that story is. This is a story of perseverance. This is a story of steadfastness. This is a story of preparation. This is a story of never quitting. That's the narrative, right? And I think the the first title, I they had, we had sent that title off because it was like tag teams resurgence of for NASCAR and boom boom boom, and they rejected it because they have to they have to vet it, and then they re, they say yay or nay, they rejected it because of the title. He said you're not going to use NASCAR and Geico to do this. You got to start with you. And I said okay. And then then it became Grand Marshals tag team continue to inspire at the Geico 500. You see what I'm saying? You see the difference? You see you see the reaction, the visceral reaction to that as opposed to tag teams back, right? That's that's not real. That's star stuff. I don't like stars. I'm not I will never be a star. 
I, so, I despise that. So, I mean, I guess to kind of play the devil's advocate here, are you saying you don't like the whole back again thing or the resurgence narrative? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying that you're not going to hear that come out of my mouth. Gotcha. Well, your your so your your uh, website isn't isn't it called Tag Team Back Again? Yeah, yeah, but that's the first that's the first. See, that means something totally different. You know what I mean? Tag Team Back Again. That means we're back at another show, rocking another party, doing another thing, doing this, I doing that, you. and we always gonna be back again. I got. You. That's what that means, right? Just like my email, DC got to eat. Everybody laughs because they think it's about food when it's not about food. It's about hustling. <laughs> DC got to eat is because that was back in the day. Got to eat. Remember that? Got to eat means you're working your butt off so you can eat. Right? It has nothing to do with food. It does, but it doesn't. So, but like when we were on the Tamron Hall show, Tamron, the, the mic, the, the delay, this was like the first, this was like real deal ABC. They told us, they're like, there's a two second delay. Don't look at Tamron. Just listen. But I'm looking at Tamara trying to respond. I'm like, wait a minute. She's not even talking. What? I'm confused. I can't even answer the questions. But being the professional that she is, she picked up. And because, and see, there's another thing. The preparation that I put in. Who's going to learn how to do, how to write Wikipedia pages? And then make sure that all their information is correct. And they're not talking about stuff you did in the 90s. Yeah. Who's going to do that? Nobody. They're going to get somebody to do it, but it's not going to. I did that myself, right? And had to learn it. All these things that I could have, everybody's like, why don't you get somebody just to do that? Because it doesn't work right unless I do it because, and then I learn it. If I learn it and it gets too much for me, now I could teach it to somebody else. And now I know that person is going to do it effectively the way I would do it because they now understand my vision. That's the, that's the genesis of outsourcing. That's how you outsource. You don't outsource expecting people to know how to do something already. You got to outsource and say, hey, this is what we got to do. I know it's not. I know it's going to be a hard. It's going to be hard. The first time you might get it wrong. The second time you might get it wrong. But the fourth time you will know what I need and you will give it to me. And you live in Bangladesh. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Wow. So that's that's how you that's how you start to be more productive. But Tamron Howard was like. She did. They did the research for her so well that she told the most eloquent story of the same thing you were talking about, the story of redemption, the story of the resurgence, the story of being down and coming back. But she did it eloquently in a way that it made everybody emotional because we were so grateful and we were so thankful. Right. It was on a whole different wavelength. It wasn't like we were less than now we are. Cause I tell people like, not like we was just sitting around our draws and then all of a sudden Geico <laughs> called and now we're hit it. We're hot again. Yeah. You know, I've been putting in work. Right. And, but the way she said it, I buy into that narrative because that is a great story. And, and she bought, she, she made the narrative like I couldn't have because I was going on there wanting to blow up my acting and my voiceover. But she says, you guys have had all this success and it's good DC that, you understand where you are because you've branched out into acting and you branched out into voiceover. And now you've had, you're in movies and this and that and that. That's all I needed her to say. You're in movies. Now somebody's like, whoa, he's in movies. Hmm. Who's his agent? Oh, see what he's about. That's how you create your own luck. Every podcast I do on creating luck. Somebody's going to hear this. You've heard my other podcasts. You know how I do. Right. But you also know that 
this ain't the same podcast you've heard on them other ones. You'll hear some of the same things, but you've taken this in a whole nother direction, which makes me a better interview, which helps me get clarity on my life in the past because you're telling me something that a lot of people think about. And I know that, but I get to set the record straight and it just works out, right? I'm not mad at anybody for what they think. I don't care, right? It's People are going to think what they think. It's all good. But I know I'm not going to buy into all that crap because I know what it is. You see what I'm saying? I know what the music industry is. I know what startup does. I know what fame is. I know it's all false. You do more good by doing what I'm doing than you do by being a star. Sometimes you can't help being a star because it's going to come, come a point where you become so big where it just happens to be like that, right? But I've been lucky so far that I get to live my life, stay anonymous, and that's more important to me than anything because I've always been in the limelight as a DJ. I've DJed in the biggest clubs in Atlanta, in the Southeast. I've DJed some of the biggest parties in the history of, of parties, right? And everybody knows me because of it. I bought joy to people. I've been bringing joy to people since I was a kid. We were in a band and we used to be singing to 14, 15 years old in a band, playing song, R&B songs, singing and people just jamming and dancing and partying. I've always been doing this. The ability to touch the world is my responsibility now, right? It's, it's this, why, this is why I'm an actor. One role can touch somebody and make them change their lives. There's certain men, think about it. Think about Rudy. Think about Hoosiers. Think about those great sports movies, right? You can watch them over and over and over again because it's the story of redemption and coming back and being the underdog and all that good stuff. Like all the narratives, I take responsibility for all of it. But when you ask me that question, I have to be honest with you, right? And that's all I'm doing is being honest. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, obviously this, this podcast is about you, but I think I would be remiss not to literally mention the other member of the tag team. You're, you're doing such awesome things. Tell us just a little bit more about Steve throughout the years and his hustle. Cause I'm sure he's got things going too. Yeah. Being Steve are different. You know what I mean? I, I love doing what I do. I'm gonna go hard, but Steve is in the lab, right? He's, he is taking a master class now in mastering. And that requires requires everything he got because that's what he wants to do. It's almost like it's almost like, you know, you never hear about the guy who's the 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 kind of the mastermind behind a lot of things. Mm. Right? He's the one that's in the lab. He's the one that's doing the experimenting. He's the one that's trying to get get better. You know what I'm saying? And that's what he does. So I go, I go out and I take the brunt and I promote tag team. I learned how to do all these things and then we both benefit. So, you know, when he's ready to let the world know what he wants to do, then this whole thing is a, this whole thing that we're doing right now was, I'm not going to say an accident, but this was unforeseen because I did, this was all because somebody told me that they couldn't be my publicist. Now everybody thinks I have my own PR firm because I can get to the journalist. Like everybody's like, don't you want to be on this? Don't you want to be on that? I was like, I don't care about being on that. I want to be in all the trade magazines because the trade magazines are where all the CEOs, the people that are going to make my future deals look at. I know what I want to do. I'm, I'm focused and keep telling me I'm not going to do something because 
I got a situation now where they're telling me in the music, in the, in the movie industry, well, they don't do it like this because they've been doing it this way for so long. But then when I go ask people who do that day in and day, day out, I say, I got an idea. I want to do this this way because nobody's ever done it. They look at me with just inspiration in their eyes and you could see it. You can see like, damn, that's a good idea. You're going to stand out. That's what my, that's what my agent told me today. He called me for something else. I said, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hustling. Like everybody telling me I can't do blah, 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 blah. This is how I'm going to do it. And they're like, whoa. Wow, you're gonna stand out. Man, I wish everybody was like you because everybody calls their agents complaining. Why don't I have this? Why haven't I done this? Why haven't I done that? Why have I do this? And I have another tactic, it's called, it's called let them see you hustle. So if you're calling your agent complaining, I'm calling my agent saying, hey, I just wanna thank y'all, y'all do a great job for me, but I got a question for you. I'm in this class on Monday. I'm on this class on Tuesday, this class Wednesday, Thursday. I got two classes on Friday and I got an intensive on Saturday. Is there anything I'm missing? Cause I'm trying to just be as well-rounded as I can. Am I missing anything? And they're like, Psh, DC, why you call me? <laughs> right? Cause they know. And they're like, you, you got it covered as usual. All right, well, hey man, just hollering at you, man. Thank you. What did I just do? I let them see me hustle in the form of a question, of a positive question. I told them everything I was, I could have sent a postcard and said, DC Glenn is doing this, 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 and this. But isn't it way more effective to ask for help, to send out an SOS to say, I'm doing this, 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 and this, and this. I just wanna make sure I'm doing everything I can to help us make money. Now they're gonna work hard for you. Now you become invaluable, yeah. right? Because they trust you. They know you're going to do the work. They know you're gonna, not going to call. They want to give you things. I know I want to help people that act like that. That don't that that always want to help me and always want to be on my team and always just never just just play play well together, right? And I try to tell everybody to do that, but people don't do that. People think that your agent is your pimp or their agent is your, you know, your manager or whatever. And I'm like, no, nah, man, that ain't what an agent is. Agent is your partner. You gonna treat your partner like that? Saying, hey, why ain't you doing this for me? Why aren't you doing this for me? Agent don't know how to put on makeup. They don't know how to do none of that. Your agent represents you. So why would you alienate your agent by acting that way? That's how I learn how to learn. I learn what not to do, <laughs> right? And then I just do the opposite. I'll tell you, I you I don't mean to go off on all these tangents like no, that, I, but it's all relevant because no, all, I I like it. No, it that's comes just, back. That's that's just what I was going to say. I I have listened to some of your other interviews, and I I wasn't exactly sure what we were going to talk about. Um, but it, it's been it's been a an honor. It's been a pleasure. We we've definitely hit on a lot of really really interesting things. I do think that your perspective on on a lot of these things is a, a lot different. Um, than, than some. And I think that a lot of people can learn from, from what you're saying, uh, but do tell us mm -hmm. where we can, where we can find um, more about you. You're talking, are you talking about uh, a website? I don't know whether it's, it's live yet, but how we can find you and how we can find tag team um, as a whole as well. And see, that's the beauty of SEO. There you go. All yeah. those words you said, you type in, you type in any of them, you're going to find me. There is no one thing because there's only one thing, right? right? Like I've made it that way. All my social networks are all DC Glenn ATL. 
every social network for tag team is tag team whoop and you got the, the website all you have to do is type in tag team and you will find me you type in dc you will find me right it's it's set and that's forever and that's all you got if, if people did that if you did that for your business come on whoop there it is when 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 that record hit we laughed at all the stuff we went through it's almost like we didn't even go through anything because it was so fun doing it. You know, we had losses. We had, we lost talent shows. We didn't, we got record. People were just playing with us for record deals, all kind of stuff. Even through the years with, you know, the lawsuit and all that, we still have fun. We're still doing halftime shows at NBA games. We're still, we're still relevant always because people love that record because we made that record, right? Nobody made that record, but me and Steve. You can't take that away from us ever. And that is the essence of it all. That's why nothing else matters. Cause me and him made that record. We didn't make, you know, the record company to get to their credit, they worked the record well, but we don't, we don't make that record. The record company don't recognize that it's a hit record and they don't go as hard as they do. And then everybody don't snatch latch onto it and try to get their money off of it and make it even bigger. And they just run with it, right? There are things that happen, whether they're negative or positive. But like I said, the genesis of it all is, whoop, there it is. DC, the brain supreme, is Steve Rowland. That go. will always be. So that, like I think it. that wraps it up in a nice, neat bow, don't you? I think so, <laughs> too. I, mean, I, think we, I think we've got a nice bow on it. Yeah. Is there so, anything else you want to know about the music? Like, I could talk about the music. I mean, if there's something you were thinking about the music you want to hit. No, I could tell you everything. No, no, I think but, I know. think that it's it's more uh, it's more beneficial for people to hear, you know, a lot more than that. Obviously, they can they can read the Wikipedia page if they if they want to know, you know, mm -hmm. just the just the basic things. No, it's it's been a, an absolute pleasure. People that want to check it out, they're going to just as easy. You know, this is the easiest one I've ever had to do, you know, talking about everyone's things. Just as easy as typing in tag team or DC Glenn, you're going to find you and and uh, what you're all about so i think it's been it's been a pleasure and i appreciate your time and yeah, man and i appreciate you for letting me come on here this evening and run my mouth absolutely <laughs> and that was my interview with dc glenn i hope you enjoyed that one it was just a, a real treat i i love talking to people about their careers and what made them who they are but dc definitely just offered a, a lot more than that he's got a lot of great advice for us He's got a lot of uh, a lot of things in the works. I, I don't doubt at all that we're going to see a lot more from him. Just a, a pleasure to, to hear kind of a little bit about him, a little bit about uh, what he's doing, pick his brain a little bit on on uh, his success and, and what uh, success looks like for him in the future. Appreciate him being here. Hope you enjoyed this one. Um, just like he mentioned, just type in Tag Team Band, type in DC Glenn. You're going to find him on all social media. Check him out. Check out Tag Team as a whole. I know they'll appreciate that. Uh, check him out in, in all future endeavors because I'm, I'm sure there's going to be quite a few of them. When we're talking about checking out, how about uh, check us out on Instagram, Not in the Huff Podcast, Facebook, Not in the Huff with Jackson Huff, jacksonhuff.com, everywhere there. Appreciate you checking those out and telling a few friends about that. Other than that, thanks for being here and take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think. 
or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.